enemy is upon us. It's time to dig in, to stand our ground, and watch for the next attack. You're in the Fox with Jason Mark. Hey, welcome back to the Foxhole. I am your host, as always, Jason Barker, uh, except for the one time that Handy did it, which was pretty cool. Uh, but this is where we stand our ground and watch for the enemy's next move. Tonight, I have with me a very special guest. Her name is Virtual Gypsy, or that's her handle. One of the David Knight chatters and a very insightful, intuitive person. And we're going to be talking about a very touchy subject tonight, um, about uh, one of the many tactics they use against us and one of the biggest ones is racial division to get us to fight each other so uh before we jump into it gypsy tell us about yourself so um hi everybody um i'm virtual gypsy i am uh, originally from columbus ohio i am biracial and I have uh, full disclosure, I have sons of different races. So I have black, white, and Puerto Rican sons. And because of I am raising my children, especially in this world, I believe that this is a topic that uh, really needs to be uh, approached. Um, I grew up uh, in a, when I first, uh, when I was young, I was in a town that is mostly uh, biracial couples, believe it or not. There is a great many of them. Later, we moved to an urban area in uh, Columbus, Ohio. And um, unfortunately, the people there weren't as accepting of biracial people. Um, so I have, I have been um, in the middle of that. I have seen uh, both sides of the fence. Uh, whether it's uh, racism and division coming from uh, the white area or the black area. And even though they don't talk about it, let me tell you, it can be even worse coming from the black area. Um, let, let me just to recap, you said you came from a, a smaller town where people are, you know, typically, or I guess stereotypically, you think smaller towns are very racist people, but you said that wasn't really an issue there, the, the biracial stuff. And, but then you go to a big city where it's supposed to be more liberal and everything. And that was the issue that was like a bigger issue. Is that exactly, correct? exactly. Wow. wow. That's interesting um, because you know, wow. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. The, there, there was, there is some racism there, you know, the, the older folks um, that, that are kind of like the founders of the town um, who are who established it and are Catholic. And, you know, um, even my mom faced problems with her family because of marrying my father. But for the most part, people were open to it. My my grandparents were, uh, you know, Southern Blacks um, and my uncles. Uh, my these were my father's parents um, and his brothers pretty much all married white women. My grandparents, which you wouldn't think would be accepting, uh, as accepting of that, they actually were, and they were very loving to their grandchildren. Um, but but that was a very small base of people that had that feeling. But you know, when you look at things, uh, people, 
prefer, even it doesn't even have to actually be a race included in it. It could be someone just wants, you know, Mary, because you're Catholic and your family is devout Catholic, your family might want you to marry another Catholic, right? right. If your family's Southern Baptist, um, they might want you to marry another Southern Baptist. And so you know, this- I, 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 I jump in there because that you're chomping at the bit to talk on this one because I came from um, Southern Illinois where it's all white cornfields and you know we have Irish, uh, uh, was Irish, uh, Italian, some Polish. And you know the the everyone's racist as hell there. They they really are because they don't know any better, and they only know the stereotypes they see on TV and the jokes they talk and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, there's some racism down there. Now would they act on it or do anything? Probably not. Um, but the thing is that what we're talking about is division, right? Division through race. But like you say, racial or not racial, um, religious is a big one, and that was a really big issue where I grew up because we were all so kind of like the same that they had to find something to divide each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, if, if I'm a Catholic and then uh, my, you know, my daughter's marrying a Protestant, you just hate that family. And then yeah. now you find a reason to hate them because they're different than you. And even though the beliefs might be very, very similar and it's like, they don't even look at the the happiness or, you know, let God figure it out. Let God talk to them and make, you know, their decisions, or, you know, they make their decisions based on what God tells them. It's like a control thing. It's a, a control freak thing. But um, just wanted to interject there and say that uh, there's always going to be a, a, a way to find division. And and I think that uh, those above us that want to control us are interjecting, uh, injecting some kind of division that's an easy one. But there's all kinds of ways they can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about race tonight, but you, you touched on something that was very important is that, um, you know, it could be, I mean, now, now what is it? Transgender, um, the people who don't believe in the transgender stuff, there's all kinds of ways they're dividing us. I know tonight's about race, but uh, that was a good point you touched on with the religion because it's all over the place. But all right, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't even have to just be about race. I mean, it's definitely a subject that has to be uh, broached. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, even if you're, you're a climate denier, you're, you're a anti-vaxxer, there's, there's just, there's a label for everyone, everyone. <laughs> and it started with race in this country. It really did because we did have racial issues in this country. We, we really did. And we, to this day, I would argue we still do at some point. Um, some of it is left over from a bygone era and some of it's manufactured. You know, some of it is manufactured by our politicians that are looking for a voting block. They want to put you into a category and then turn you against each other. And and that's what I guess that's what we're addressing today is like, why are we falling for it? Uh, you said yourself, you came from a smaller community where it was kind of going away. And yes, having the, the older um, generation that grew up in it, that's not easily erased from your mind. In fact, it's never erased from your mind. And I'm kind of dealing with that myself because my grandchildren are mixed as well. And, you know, there was a, they didn't want the grandchildren to live with us because we're too white. Um, We really don't care where they live as long as they're happy and well taken care of. I didn't want him to go there because they're so pro-vax. And that's all I care about is I don't want my grandson 
to get vaxxed. Um, but unfortunately, my daughter made some bad choices. So my oldest grandson is now living with his great grandparents, uh, which I know him. He's a nice guy and everything. We're, we're cordial and stuff. But he grew up down here in Georgia and he's much, much older than me. He grew up living that kind of um, life where there was a lot of racial division, like natural racial division, not, you know, orchestrated. Right. Like done now. Uh, so I understand his feelings, but um, he's really driving home to my grandson that, you know, uh, the black culture, which I think that first you should be an American, you know, uh, be an American first, learn your ABCs, your one, two, threes, you know, learn to be you first and then understand your roots. There's nothing wrong with knowing your roots. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm, I got a little, I got a little clover tattooed on my calf. You know, I'm Irish, so I got a clover tattoo there, but I don't make that my life. You know what I'm saying? I can be proud of who I am, but I don't have to like fall into a stereotypical, like I have to be this way and act this way because I don't know. Uh, you know, it's, that's why I'm glad you're on here. Cause it's tough for me to talk about as a bald white guy, you know, who's going to receive, <laughs> but I have been around the world. You know, I've been around the world. I've been lived big cities, small towns. I've always thought it was nonsense that people want to fight over a tone of skin. And right. my, my thing is I see people fighting over tone of skin because they're told to fight over tone of skin. But when you get to know people on a personal level, they're all just people. We're all just people. Uh, it's, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life and uh, some of us see through it. Some of us don't. But um, anyway, I kind of went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. Kind of a, it's okay. Um, the, um, just to expand on it, you mentioned how everyone in your town, you know, because everybody's pretty much the same, they're kind of, you know, racist. Um, now here's the thing I have met, I can't, I can't tell you how many, but I've met quite a few racist people in my life. People who were part of the, uh, Aryan brotherhood racist I'm talking about. Okay. And you know, once they got to know me and my brother and family members, do you know that that all changed? At least their view towards us, maybe not toward everybody, but the way that they treated us, it was never, it was never um, disrespectful at all. And I think that a lot of um, people who, because basically ra racism is a thing that is taught generationally, yes, usually. Absolutely. And what will happen is when we, uh, when these leftist uh, news companies want to go into a, the most extreme liberal part of a black community and ask a poll about how they feel about white people, um, and they say that they don't care or they hate them or whatever, what's that going to do? We're going to broadcast that, and that's going to keep people who would otherwise reach out to black people or get to know black people. It'll keep them from doing that because they're like, oh, they hate us. Well, why should we ever even be friends? Like Scott Adams, I think his name is, the Dilbert guy. He went off on this big tangent about uh, black people because some poll they did and get them the hell away from me or whatever. He said some stuff like that. And it's like, do you realize that those poll, almost every poll that they published 
is rigged. It's rigged. Yeah. They go into the most extreme area because they want a result to push out, to push an agenda of division. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, let me give shout outs to chat real quick. Uh, we got a lot of sure. people in there. So little John was the first one up. Little John, what's up, brother? Hanging out in the cabin. Uh, hey, LJ. The steering girl's in there. We want to get her on so bad. The steering girl has so much to offer in the David Knight chat as well as our chat. Awesome, AG, to see you there. The real McCoy, otherwise known as Karen, is in there. And then we got uh, number six, the master of monologue, running the TNP broadcast with John Henry. Uh, who Who's in there? John Henry, um, Lisa Bellinger, and Chris Graves as usual suspects in there. So that's who we got hanging out tonight. So, hey, if you guys got any questions, I'll try to keep an eye on it. Throw it in there. This is about um, how they're using race against us to divide us in order to conquer us. That is the topic of the night. Okay. So, sorry to sidetrack us there. Where were we at? Oh, no, it's all right. By the way, hello, fam, in the chat. Thank you for coming to the show. This is my first time ever being on air. Happy you guys yeah. are here. You're doing great. We were supposed to have Omar tonight. Um, Omar, I gave him short notice, and Omar is a busy man on the West Coast. He is a uh, – actually, I wasn't sure what where he was from, um, but he told me he's a second-generation Middle Easterner, which is interesting because in light of the last 20 years, uh, especially with the Trump administration, with travel bans and things like that, I was wanting to get his take on, like, what it was like um, when that kind of rhetoric came out, you know, that rhetoric that, uh, you know, what was it? Did Trump do it? I'm not cheerleading for Trump. Trump only banned the same countries that Obama said he was going to ban. It was the same list. So it's not a left or right thing. It is a government thing. That's what I'm right. And it's a government thing. And it didn't, it didn't, um, all it did was drive division. I guess that's what I'm going to say. It was a tactic to drive division, to keep people busy fighting amongst themselves so they can drive on and do stupid stuff that we don't approve of, you know. But anyway, do you want to play the clip? Do you want to talk about how they were talking already about how they're um, using that stuff to divide us? Do you have more to say or you want to play the clip that you want me to play? Um, Just before that, I have one forward because I yeah, wanted yeah. to explain that um, – where I was speaking about um, be, being in Columbus, Ohio, urban area, and um, the abuse, and it was bad. Like, I'm talking people throwing padlocks at me down the hallway in school and all kinds of things. Wow. But I want to say that that is like the only place I've ever experienced that. And that's why I wanted to tell people, you know, when you see a poll like that, that Scott Adams was talking about, don't believe that that is the the consensus, okay? Because if you go into Buffalo, New York, now Buffalo is a segregated city, most of it. However, when you go to the east side, it's a poor, it's poor. But it's all Irish, Polish, and Black people all living together, and they don't fight. They're not racist. They don't call each other names. My mom could come to my house because I live there. And she could come to my house, we could walk down the street and all the people would greet you. They'd greet you, they'd greet her. 
and you know not treat her any differently so it's it's not a it's not a consensus that when they show you that poll that is something that they went into an extreme area to get that information to sow division that is not the consensus at all yeah well, I mean, I, I got a little side topic here. So when I was living in Colorado Springs, just talking about polls in general. So I was living in Colorado Springs, which is slowly turning into kind of a, a really left-leaning city now. Um, you know, all of the big cities in Colorado are getting that way. Denver's really bad. But uh, Colorado Springs is kind of 50-50. So they called me up for a poll and they're like, what do you think about public transportation? At first, they said, you want to do a poll? I'm like, yeah, I'll do a poll. You know, first first and only time I've ever been called. And they're like, feel free to answer any question you want and don't answer any question you don't want. I was like, okay. So they're like, um, what do you feel about public transportation? I'm like, I don't know. I don't use it. I have my own car. Well, do you think it's fair person pays XYZ money uh, to travel? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't use it. Okay. Well, would you be in favor of uh, bringing that cost down by 50%? I'm like, um, yeah, sure. Like, oh, great, great, great. They're like, and then um, how much more in your ta property tax would you be willing to pay for that? I'm like, none. Well, you would. You just said you wanted to do this. So they wouldn't let me answer the questions honestly. They mm -hmm. were pushing and making me feel bad. I'm like, no. I was like, if you, you figure out a way to reduce your cost somewhere else, to reduce the cost of, you know, funding people to travel who, you know, they made it sound like no one has a freaking car. Come on. Are you serious? And there's walking trails there. You can get where you got to go. Uh, I mean, for real, it was just another way to funnel more money into the government. That's all it was. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to pay any more taxes. I'm not. Find another way. Yeah. Do I want people to ride around town for free? That'd be great. Yeah. But I'm not going to pay for it. You know, and I'm trying to tell this guy, I'm like, I pay this X amount of thousands of dollars a year on my property taxes. I don't see nothing for it. And, you know, you're asking me to feel bad for people that, um, you know, yeah, I feel bad for you if you're genuinely in a bad situation. But half the time, honestly, in Colorado, most of the homeless people just want to smoke dope. That's it. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a guy that sat outside for three weeks with an American flag waving on his truck parked in the grass on the side of a exit saying out of gas. And I seen so many people give him money over and over and over again. I'm like, you're still out of gas three weeks later, bro. <laughs> you know, and that really, that really pisses me off because there are legitimately homeless people out there. There yeah. really are that they, they can't compete with that. They, they, you know, they have the, so anyway, I digress. Um, the point is that they, they did not take my poll. They said I could refuse to answer any question I wanted and answer any question I did want to answer, but I didn't give the answers they liked. They were leading questions mm -hmm. uh, get me to so that they can come back and say, well, 57% of uh, Colorado Springs people say that they're willing to pay so many taxes to improve uh, the bus system and reduce the cost. That's what they wanted. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying more taxes. Figure out, you know what, why don't you all take a pay cut? to pay for that, you know? Oh, do you think they would do that? No. No. But anyway, that, that's not, well, that's another way we think about it. That's another way they divide us, you know, saying yeah. that uh, we don't want to take care. I want to take care of the homeless. I do. The legitimate homeless, you know? 
maybe maybe somebody's homeless because they smoked dope because they had a bad day or whatever but some people really make a lifestyle out of it and maybe that's a minority i don't know but um i don't know i'm really digressing here <laughs> but that's another way to drive division yes saying that you know you have these people who work and have a job and have a house and have a car and these people over here who are poor and don't oh you know if, if i see you if, you know if i look you in the eye and i'm like that guy's legit like something's something's going on here i'll give him 50 dollars. but you know whenever i offer somebody a sandwich and they're like throw it in the trash i'm like oh i'm not giving that guy 20 bucks you know not you know, i'm <laughs> sure might give them like a card or something to go down to the shelter or get help or whatever that might be cool because i don't like to see people sleep on the streets i really don't but i'm so digressed right now let's get back on track that's okay but and and i say this about consensus I, as a person who has lived many places like i've lived in different parts of new york i've lived in ohio i've lived in indiana i've lived in virginia i've lived in north carolina south carolina different parts of texas and now kansas so i've been around um living around quite a bit of people to see the difference in in demeanor here in kansas these people here they're just friendly to everyone <laughs> see that, that was, that's so counterintuitive because if you look at the narrative that's pushed the more country you are the more racist and where i'm from Maybe they're nice to your face, but really behind your back, they're they're talking, telling jokes and stereotypes. I'll tell you that's true. At least when I grew up, it may have changed, um, may have changed over the years. It's been many, many years, uh, 30 years since I've been there. Um, but I would expect that the more in the city you are, the more open people are to people of all different cultures and races and things. And the more country you are, because that's the way they paint it, right? Yes, the more country you it are, is. They're like, we're gun-toting, white supremacists, you know, waving the Confederate flag and get the heck out of my county, boy, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> That's what and I live like. in BFE. Like, I have to literally drive an hour just to go to the store to go, like, do actual shopping. So like, I, me, I'm out. You're telling me your experience is not what they tell us in the official Not at all. Not at all. That surprises me. We didn't talk about this before, so that actually surprises me. And um, but the danger of this is when you see those those polls. Now you got to think when they take polls like that, they're they're going to places like like Columbus, Ohio. They're going to go in the and they do this too because I've seen them doing polls. They will walk up to you. They'll be at one of those grocery stores that's in the hood. And they will walk up to you and have you answer questions or they'll be over by an Obama phone place ha waiting for people to come there to ask them oh. questions. So you're saying they're selecting the location of the polling. Yes. To, get a certain yes. Answer to drive a certain narrative. Yes. OK. And then every the narrative they drive in your experience is not true. Is like, not true. Wow. Interesting. I mean, I just named a bunch of states. I have lived a lot of places, hence the name Gypsy. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I, I have too. And, and one of the most surprising places I lived was Los Angeles. I lived in Pico Rivera and then uh, a little bit in Whittier, but, you know, around that area, Montebello, Pico Rivera, Whittier. And, um, and I'll have to admit that um, as a white guy there, 
as white as can be. I'm a redhead ginger guy. And, you know, people say ginger is a bad term. I don't think it's a bad term. It's a descriptive term. I don't mind it. Call me a ginger. That's what I am. Uh, I got red hair, fair skin, freckles. Uh, you know, if I'm in a, in a sea of white people, you say the ginger, then it, it's clarity. Okay, you're talking about that guy. You know, nothing, <laughs> nothing bad about it. Anyway, uh, I did, I did um, suffer from a little bit of like uh, people eyeballing me down, almost getting my butt kicked. Um, what are you doing in this neighborhood? I'm like, oh, I live right there, man. Like, I, we haven't seen you here before. Why are you here, Wado? You know, things like that. Uh, but once they got to know me, things changed. You know, things changed. And uh, I was welcome in. I was protected, a part of the family. Because uh, that's something about the Hispanic community I really liked is um, there's a sense of protection and family within neighborhoods. Uh, you get that a little bit. Not so much in, you know, white communities It's they kind of bicker between each other. But that's something really cool that because every um, every community or every uh, culture, I'll call it a culture, not a community. Every culture is different. And uh, the Hispanic community is really good about bringing in people as family that aren't family. It took me a while to get there. But I think the reason it took me a while to get there was because of what you're talking about, where they're fed this information that we're so evil and so I was the I was the devil coming into their neighborhood. Of course, they didn't like me, you know, but, yeah. you know, you know, over time it changed. Hopefully they changed. I know I changed. I got to learn a lot about their culture and, and appreciated it. And, uh, you know, there it is. It's, I think that's what we need to do going forward is to, to stop listening to these polls and listening to all this nonsense. But uh, anyway, we're we got. Uh, Tom's in the chat. What's up, Tom? Six is still there. We had another one. Who is the one that? Oh, my goodness. The chat's going crazy over here, Gypsy. Is it? <laughs> yeah, we had another one in here. I'm trying to find it. Hobbit. Hobbit 52. I'm not sure who Hobbit is. I'm sure that's somebody we know probably from David's chat with a different name. But uh, hey, thanks for joining us, guys. All right, Gypsy, what do we got next? We're talking about polls. Let's move on. Okay, so um, I, I wanted to also speak about how, how divisive this is, okay, um, mm -hmm. from a familial standpoint. And I know we spoke and, and you talked about, um, you know, you having difficulties with the, the grandson um, and uh, the, the culture war type thing. Now, um, I have a brother. And we have same mother, same father. So he's he's biracial, just like I am. Um, now, he has given in to this division of the, um, of the of the urban black community in Columbus. Um, and, and it's not even all of them. It's just like the deep, deep inner city like. Um, but to the point where he has disrespected our mother. OK. Um, and, and when I say disrespecting my mother, I'm talking about saying things like just because you have a, a black child doesn't mean you're not racist. OK, this is how extreme this mentality is driven. And now when we go into this clip, we're going to discuss how they do it, because this clip is a perfect example of how that happens. You want me to play it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, this 
took the world by storm here. More questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. The comment. Wow. Okay. If you have a problem finding out if you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black. He says to a so-called black man. Okay. So first of all, I'm going to say this. If Joe Biden can determine whether you are black, then does that mean that black doesn't mean you have a certain skin color? Right? That means that that's some sort of construct right? That was built by them, right? So I mean, Joe Biden's the arbiter of black. Joe, Joe Biden can tell you what label you have. Right. And, and you, if you don't vote for him, you're not black. So that means that black isn't even a skin color. That means that black is a construct. Yeah. And think about this too. Um, that basically says that if you don't vote for the Democrat Party, then you're you're out of the club that they forced you into or the group they forced you into. You are no longer part of that thing that you identify as because you've been told that that is your singular focus to identify as this. And, and that just doesn't mm -hmm. apply to black. And what really kills me, we're talking about kind of black and white right now, but this is across the spectrum, whether you're gay or straight uh, yep. and, and now they've even gone within the the, um, the LGBTQAI plus rainbow flag, you know, whatever that I don't even know how many letters with the are. black and brown stripe on it now. Yeah. So now you've got like you got the um, the lesbians are at war with the freaking uh, the guys who want to be girls. You know, they're at war. You're not a because they want to go in the be, be part of the lesbian crowd. They're like, you're not a lesbian. You're a guy pretending to be a girl. I mean, they're just driving division everywhere. There's just the black and white issue was an actual, real, like, no crap problem that we had in the United States that we addressed. We did legislation. Yeah, people didn't like it. We still have people alive in our society today that still think that way. But overall, it's gotten a heck of a lot better. But that's the biggest one they push to drive division. And you just showed there, Biden says, well, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black, which means that if you're a black voter, you have to vote Democrat. That's basically what he's saying in a nutshell. And that's and he's, yeah, he, he is the he is the overall overarching determining factor of what 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 construct and what box you fit into. Well, it's it not and, only does that not only does that that drive a division that says you're different than everybody else, and I'm talking not just white but Asian. Uh, Hispanic, uh, Middle Eastern, what you, you name it. You know, they put us all in these little boxes. So he just told this man that you were black, but if you don't vote for me, you're not black. So that means that you must vote Democrat and you're not allowed to have your own mind. That That is disgusting to me. You're taking away the humanity of a human right there, right there, live on the air. And nobody freaking caught that. Well, they did. It's reported on, but but the, but it was pushed for a different agenda um and the reason why i wanted to segue from that is just just for a moment i'm going to digress but it still has to do with that okay. because this this mindset of like what my brother said to my mother about calling her racist which is just because she's white and 
you know, he doesn't make the best choices. So if she dare tells him that he's not making a good choice, then she's racist. You know, it's the same thing that you see on TV now. But um, this is a thing that happens in the urban communities. So I, I want people to understand this so that they understand when people have this mindset that might be in that poll that Scott Adams brought up, that it's because these people have this mindset of what Joe Biden just said. If you don't do this, you're not black. These people do this to each other. Okay. You don't act black. One of my sons who's black, do you know that he, when we would move and he would go to a new school, the black kids did not believe he was black because he didn't act black because he was just individual. He was himself. It's, you know, and on a weirder note, very, very weird note, um, in the country where I grew up, if we had someone come and we had a couple people come from like Indiana or something where they were maybe in a more metropolitan kind of area and they didn't have that country twang, you know, because you don't associate people with Illinois with, with having a country twang, but down south, they kind of do, you know. Oh, yeah, people. they do. Yeah. And, and we would, uh, those people would be treated different. Um, just because they didn't act country enough. They didn't have the sound, you know, and they're like, oh, you're a city boy. You don't know about fishing. You don't know about hunting. Heck, the kid might be able to shoot out, you know, and hit a bullseye at 500 yards with a rifle. You know, you, you don't know. But we're taught we were taught that if you didn't look and sound like us by our parents. Right. And, and what's worse about the racial stuff is it's by our government. That's the real what we're talking to, about here. But but it's inherently it's. um we, we grow up with this with our parents and our families and stuff saying that if they're not like you, they're different and that's not good. You know, I don't know. To, to me, it's just, and you know, I guess that goes into our next, our next question, you know, um, now that we're older and wiser, um, why do you, why do you think we're groomed uh, to think that way and be shaped that way? Is it not, not just for political reasons, but by our parents and stuff, is it a, a sense of like, um, trying to feel strong and be in an alpha and everyone else has to be not an alpha or I, I'm not sure why we, we do this as human beings. What do you think? Oh, well, that's a tough um, one. <laughs> well, I was still, I was still a little bit on the other topic too. Oh, no, we can go back if you want. I'm sorry. I thought you wanted to, to segue. Um, no, I had a little bit more to say about that. Keep going. It's your show today. I'm just trying to host it. <laughs> guest. Well, here's the thing. The, now, um, let's say like my generation and younger, what they're considering black culture and acting black has been shaped by Hollywood and music industry, right? 100%. They're not looking at the real, what real black culture is, right? Um, or what you would even call black culture. To me, I really just wish there would stop being labels. And, but it's it's like here's the thing: when 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 Biden says, "If you don't vote for me, you're not black." Okay, so what they do is they incentivize being black, right? And the only reason why they do this is so that they can snatch that title away from you whenever it doesn't benefit you. 
Okay. And so we have, uh, they're doing it with LGBTQ, right? So if a tra transgender person, uh-oh. You're good. Okay. So if a transgender person um, decides to detransition, right? They decide that's not their thing and that they were wrong all, all along. They don't get support. They get vilified and abused from, from all over, okay? And they don't fit into that mold anymore. So they don't get any of the incentives that the, the Biden administration might wanna give people. And this is how they are creating shock troops. This is how they are creating constant voters, okay? To Biden, black people are still slaves. And now everybody else that they're throwing into that group, transgender, whatever you are, that they are putting into this lump. That's why they're making one flag that embodies all of them. That's why they added that black and brown stripe was for race. Okay. So now, so now what they're doing is they're trying to add all those people into this one box so that they always have these, this, this box of people incentivized to always do their bidding, always vote for them. And, and and then they can just take it away whenever they want. And that's that's interesting that you mentioned the flag, because the, they're trying to incorporate everything that is absolutely not white. Um, yes. To, over, to overcome the white the numbers of white people in this country, which at this point I think that um, if you take, uh, especially if you if you lump in um, LGBTQ community plus every other nationality you could imagine. Um, outside of just like I'm an Irish or a German guy or whatever, you know, I think that we are the minority as far as just like white people. If you want to talk about heritage, um, I think what they're trying to do is create a red versus blue fighting team. And it's not about issues anymore. I mean, heck, no. in this, you know, with the, with the RFK coming in, they're talking about not even doing debates. Are we voting on issues now? Or are we voting what we're told to vote? Because, the person that's supposed to be working for us now has us working for them. Right. And that is a reversal of the system that's supposed to be in place because they put us all in a box. And like Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. Okay. If you don't vote for me, you're not a lesbian. If you don't vote for me, you're not Hispanic. If you don't vote for me, blah, 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 blah. So there it, it's voting on uh, identity politics and not on issues on the direction of the uh, country. So they're they're out of control, and they have managed to um, weaponize everybody against each other. It, it's to me, it's just nonsense. It's silly, you know. As we're older, you know, we we understand how silly it is because we get to know our neighbors and we work with people. Me being in the military, I've worked for people uh, with people all over the world, people that weren't even Americans that came in the military from India, from uh, from South America, from the Middle East. <clears throat> you know, they come in. They serve. I respect them. They're great people. There's no reason for me to have any hatred towards them whatsoever. Nothing but respect. Right. So why am I told that, uh, you know, why I wouldn't say I'm told to hate them. I would say it's more the other way around. They're told to hate me. And then I feel like I got to be on the defensive all the time, or at least I used to feel like that. Now I just talk to people like, Hey, you either like me or you don't. Uh, but I see a lot of people that, are on that defensive trying to play the apologist for something they never did because they told somebody that we were bad people. No, 
maybe my great, 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 none of mine, but, you know, uh, people in the future. Yeah, we, we had slaves, right? We didn't have Chinese slaves. Well, no, that's a bad example because the railroads did. Very bad example. Um, but, we, you know, we, we had a bad uh, hiccup in the history of this country. I don't like that we're erasing it because it's important that we keep those, uh, that thing fresh in our mind that it never happens again, 100%. But, uh, you know, the people that live today, I think, are they, there's nothing we could do to change the past. There's nothing. No. And, and the Democrats like to take everyone else and throw them into that same victimhood status. Right. And it's not right. You know, I don't know. It's, what, what's your thoughts on that? That's just my perspective as a white guy. Just seeing it. Your perspective on that. I mean that it's that's the thing they're not they're not trying to to make they're making black people the victim to put them on a pedestal okay they're putting them but not because they want to or because they have any uh or they enamor black people okay they don't enamor any of these people they're they're tools it's just like when you went to school and you got good grades and you got honor roll and merit roll or you know you you got a medal for for winning a race um all these things that you are that signify excellence okay and, and we're in incentives for that basically what they've done is they've changed the rules by incentivizing incentivizing nothing unless they give you a label. So they're incentivizing a label, but the thing that they are doing with that label incentive is they can rip it out from under you whenever it doesn't serve them. Look at how they are talking, how they, how they pretend to enamor black folks. However, look at what they've just done in Tennessee. They're taking farmland from these black farmers, right? Right. But, but you know th these aren't supposed to be the people that that you know you, you're looking out for. You're you're looking out for these people. No, they it's, don't. It's they not. Don't. It, so that's the thing when when people think about this and and they think that uh, they actually do care about these people and they're actually placing them above others. They're not. They're in, they're making people who didn't feel special before feel special so that they can they they will go out to bat for them right so that these people will say oh well this person makes me feel special and i was not really anything before and this is this i'm not saying specifically black people i'm saying all of these people yeah um and and so what they do is they they incentivize that and then they have those people going out to bat for them and then uh now on, on top of that, they add, oh, they're they're enduring racism, and then they pick and choose these little things to show racism. Um, Can I show you just one? Like they, huh? Can I show you one? I, I, <laughs> Please. I really wanted to, I wanted to show this commercial because this is so absurd, but this is what they use to drive, and this goes beyond black and white. This goes, uh, you know, I guess right-wing extremists against whatever, but this is so freaking absurd. This was during the uh, the Trump campaign, uh, 2020. 
Look at that. Do you remember this commercial? I never, I don't really watch TV, so I never saw it. This is insane. This was really a commercial they showed on TV. Just ran on TV. This is what I'm talking about. The wow. drives that drives hate. And, you know, it black and white is the biggest issue in our country, but it goes in all the little boxes that they've put us in. They're getting us to fight with each other. And yep. why do you think that is? So they can do what they want to do and we're not paying attention or they can get their little voter rolls or whatever. And it's nonsense because this is not something you would ever see. Maybe in the 50s, the 40s, you might see that, you know, uh, not today. You, you would not see that today. So can you believe that our, our politicians uh, actually do this kind of crap? <laughs> I do. And it's that one. That one is that is. Whoa. <laughs> oh, that's not even nothing. There's wow. tons of these things out there. Wow. Kind of like uh, when when I was it. Romney or whoever was there was the one about pushing the old lady off the cliff in the wheelchair. It's like, what are you talking about? So that's, that's putting the old against the young, you know, um, you got the, what's the other one I wanted to talk about? Um, I forget what I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. I wanted to ask your opinion on this. This has been in the news lately. Uh, David's talked about it. Tony Arterman's talked about it, but preferential um, interest rates for people with bad credit. But people with better credit, with higher incomes, pay higher interest rates. That is a tactic. That that is not anything to help anyone get a home. It, it's it's about pitting the the people with good credit against bad credit. I mean, they're finding anything to divide us whatsoever, anything they can. And what's happening is the people that they that think they're getting help by this are being victimized because they're going to buy that freaking home they can't afford because they have a crappy credit record. You know, they, if they have a crappy credit record, that means they probably have bills they don't have paid. And now they're going to get into a house. It's like, yeah, we'll give you the house. Let's go back to the 2000s when we had the housing bubble. Let's do that again, right? Uh, and then these people are going to lose their shirts. And then they're going to be like, I thought you were helping me with this. But you're going to lose everything you own. Now, instead of not living in the smaller house, you lost your bigger house. You lost your car. You've lost your job. You maybe lost your wife. Maybe you lost your kids and you're sitting there like, I thought you were helping me. You said they were against me and you were helping me. It, they, when they do this kind of crap, the people they uh, claim to be helping or for, they're victimizing them. They really are. They're turning them into real victims, not notional victims. And that's what I hate about it. So what's your thoughts on that whole thing? Oh, exactly. Oh, my goodness. There are so many levels to that psyop right there. So. Yeah. That whole thing, um, first of all, it's division by using the pedestal incentive tactic, okay? Yes. So we, we've got that there already. Um, it's the same thing that they did with the, oh, we're only going to give small business loans to, to uh, African Americans now type thing that drove everybody crazy. 
Um, and then on top of that, what they are, here's the thing. Most people with a score uh, under, what well, they had like score brackets for where they were going to start charging more. And I think it was like above 620. Yeah, here's there's the thing. Few, there's a few. It's like seven, <coughs> 720 and up and 780 and up. And then there's six something and down. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing about that is most people, uh, most lenders won't even lend to you if you have a score under 620. So nobody's really even going to fall into that bracket, bracket except for a select few that have some way of finagling in there, okay, to get some favor, um, first of all. Second of all, it's just their way to get more money for the people who can buy houses, that's, so, that's that's interesting because that you know thinking critically that makes sense if they say oh people below this score are going to get a preferential rate but the bank won't loan to them what they've right. effectively done is just made everyone else pay a higher rate exactly exactly yeah and and so for the people that do finagle in there because they find some way of getting in there uh it's going to be the same thing as 2008. And what's this going to allow them to do? Well, what do they want? Us to own nothing and be happy. So what are they going to be able to do? Take ownership of everything that they weren't able to take ownership of before. Okay. Yep, I think that's so the this, goal. That's the goal. And and just like with this housing crisis, and I wish I had these up. I had them up um, and I took them down, but I had them up for guard show in our show last Saturday. If you look at the storm that's a brewing right now, with home prices skyrocketed, interest rate uh, interest rates were down. Now the interest rates are skyrocketing. What's going to happen to the home sales? Down, because less people are going to get loans. Supply versus demand. You're building all these homes. Nobody can get a loan to buy them, and so all these people that bought on this upswing are going to be underwater on their homes. And if they had a fixed uh, if they had a fixed rate, they're lucky. If they had a variable, they're screwed. They're screwed the next two or three years. They're screwed. And then with inflation, that home that they bought doesn't fit in their budget anymore. So they're going to default on their home. And again, their home's going to be taken. So even the people who did qualify and get a loan, they, many of those people will get their homes taken over the next several years on top of the people that we're talking about that are you know, getting these preferential rates, supposedly, if they do get the loan. You know, and they're going to fit. Oh, yeah, I can afford this. I can afford this. What happens when your McDonald's cheeseburger don't cost $10 anymore? It costs $20. And if I may interject, yeah, um, there's another part to that. Um, not just with when the when the interest rate skyrocketed. Right. Um, and the house uh, values are are going to fall because sales are down. Um, what's going to happen is the bank can actually demand because you owe more for your house than what it's worth. They can demand that you pay that difference up front and if not take your house. And so that's why I say like this big, this thing is a whole psyop and a grab. 
And so peeps don't get upset about, I mean, it is upsetting about that they're going to be charging people more, but don't feel like people are getting preferential treatment because it's going to be very little that are going to slide in there to get that because yes. most lenders won't even allow them to get that's, a house. That's interesting insight as well, because I hadn't thought of that. Uh, and I usually stay on top of this, but you're right. Um, the people who fall into that preferential category won't get loaned to unless the they do another thing like they did back in the day in 2000, you know, seven, eight, whatever. And they said, you know, go ahead and give these people these loans, these subprime. Um, and they they loans. won't because the, the dollar is so uh, it, it's Probably. on the verge, you know, they can't afford it. They can't afford to. Wow. So do you think this, I know we're way off the topic of the racial stuff, but do you think this is a part of the 15 minute city 2030 kind of agenda to, to grab up all the homes? Cause you know what, what I pointed out was that when the home prices plummet, it sounds like a great buyer's market, right? But not if the interest rates are sky high, you know, it's not because you're just giving more money to the bank. Um, but who will benefit is the people who have the money to go snatch up massive amounts of properties with cash. They, they are going to get this at pennies on the dollar and they're going to suck up all these homes and they will, even though they can't sell them to nobody. So what would be the point to, to either turn them into multifamily homes or to just level them and get rid of them? Um, maybe they're going to be, there's going to be a government incentive that, Hey, if you rewild the land, you know, regreen the land to suck up the carbon dioxide there, you're going to make more money than if you sell this home over 10 years. I mean, I could see things like that happening, that the banks are just going to, you know, the big BlackRock type groups are going to buy up these properties and say, no, we don't even want to sell them. We're just going to knock them down because the government's going to pay us uh, to plant trees there and to leave it. And they're going to zone it a certain way where you can't build there no more. It would be a national park or whatever. And that it will force people into these 15 minute cities. And it may not be even a city. It may be a small town that everything is there, but you're going to stay there. You can't leave there. You have an electric yeah. car that you can't charge, you know, and uh, I don't know. We're way off topic. I'm sorry. No, that's not off topic because that is a big division that they are sowing and people are angry about that, but they, they don't understand. And it is part of the incentivization pedestal. Okay. That's, that's what I call it. And, um, because people aren't thinking they don't they're not thinking oh those people aren't even really going to be able to get loans to even fall in there so they're just really just trying to charge people more money um yeah. but yeah that there's, there's that was a great observation by the way i can't believe i didn't think of that that's thank yeah. you interesting i I, <laughs> I really look at um this is why i appreciate gardner so much because I look at things from um, from a lot of angles and like when he comes out with some things like that, I didn't even think of. I was like, I'm like, woo, but I'm like you. I, I try to really observe and and, and 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 like really analyze what what's behind things, because um, just like what this show's about, I realize that almost everything is a psyop and you have to understand that almost everything that they're doing right now is 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 for division. It's for division. Even that that whole uh, house loan thing that is that is all based on on division. 
because like I said, they're not, nobody's really even going to be able to pull it off to get those lower rates anyway. Oh, absolutely. And I have to read one comment. I've been trying to keep an eye on the chat, but man, it is going by so fast. So Hobbit 52, <laughs> um, AG experienced what I did. I grew up in the 50s and I'll guarantee you I saw less racial strife than I see today. And that's an interesting statement because <sighs> if there's less racial strife now coming from someone who was there, that means it is orchestrated. It is injected. And that's with the commercial we showed, you know, the, the clip in the commercial. Um, do you think it's going to get worse the more they play this uh, division game or will people wake up? Um, I, to be honest, um, I think that it will be worse, but, but, um, only for the ones that are extreme and are pretty much gone. These people have become a hive mind and there's, um, if you ever do any, um, psychology analysis on the, the crowd experience, when you, this is why they're lumping people into groups and why they want to take away individuality. It's because yeah. once you become a part of a crowd, you tend to do things that you wouldn't normally do and react ways that you wouldn't normally react. And that's why they're, they're putting everybody in the same box pedestal is because they want these people to all be in that same crowd so that anytime anybody says anything about one of these things, even though they're not the same label, it doesn't matter because they're in the same box now. Everybody's going to get angry because they're a part of the crowd now. So things that wouldn't normally make them angry is going to start to make them angry because they're a part of that crowd in that box now. Kind of like how, <coughs> how a protest turns into a riot. It only takes one or two provocateurs yep. to push it in that direction. And so from what I'm hearing you say if they can put you in a crowd or a box or a group, you're easier to control. Yes. Whether, whether it's natural from that crowd, from someone within that crowd, or you inject somebody in there as a provocateur to lead it um, into that. And we see it. I think that's pretty profound because we see that with every one of these, uh, the black uh, lives matter riots. I'm not going to call them mostly peaceful protests. They're not, no, they're riots. Um, the, the, you know, I had a, a good talk with a, a friend of mine. His name is Mac. He's a black guy that was in the army with me back in, in Carson. And he said, what do you think about Black Lives Matter? I said, well, I think that most people think it's a good thing, but it's hijacked. And, and I think that goes along with what you're saying, where everyone shows up to protest. They're told where to go, where to be, what time. Um, they show up and they just want to say, hey, you know, this is what we've been told. And, and we, you know, I can't breathe or whatever the whatever the slogan is that they're yelling some of it may be warranted to protest against some of it may be uh fictitious you know but anyway they're out there and they don't intend to do anything but then you have a, a handful that start fighting with the cops and throwing rocks and then everybody's like yeah let's get them let's get yep. them and then now you have an army it's kind of like uh you know william wallace you know at the start everyone's scared you know they're kind of standing back there on the big battlefield, they're standing back there. He's like, hold, hold. And everyone's kind of scared. You see some people run off, but then some people are like, I don't know what we're going to do. And as soon as he charges forward, everybody, ah, you know, that's kind of like how it happens. Uh, so yeah. interesting yeah. point you're, you're talking about there. 
But we but are. But I think the way the way to keep to prevent it from happening though is to get it out there. If we can get these, if we can remove the crowd, if we can disperse the crowd, if we can use rubber bullets of knowledge, right? To yeah, get right. these people to disperse, that's the way that we can beat this. That's the only way we're going to beat this because that crowd grows bigger and bigger every day. Just go on Reddit. If you ever want to see what the rabid response to whatever distraction they're throwing out is, go on Reddit. That is, that's where I go. It's, it's the num. I don't participate in it at all. I just go there and I, I read what the new distraction is. And then I read all the comments. The only way that we can get these people to, to, to get off being so extreme is to disperse them. And sometimes that takes a little bit of infiltration from us too. Like what I did to inject myself into the climate conversation, I didn't deny it. I went in and I said, I said, you know what? You're right. I said, but you tell me this. Why are the ones telling you that you should do less and have less? The ones who caused the climate crisis, strip mining the earth and becoming rich beyond belief. So what I do is I inject myself in there and then I drop the knowledge to make them think. Because as soon as you say something that's anti-crowd, they turn it off. Yeah. The crowd does not listen to anything that is against what they believe. So the first thing you have to do is find an agreement and common ground and then drop the truth on them. And it works. It really works. So Tom said something in chat, Mr. Tom Cooper. He goes by Misfit1904 in the chat, but I know he's Tom Cooper. Um, he said most people don't respect themselves. And I think that's pretty profound because that's maybe that's how... True we get into a crowd is that we feel that we're getting that's right from that crowd and we don't want to get away from that crowd because we're going to lose that respect. So that is, that is, that that's exactly right. Um, it's how we get into the crowd because we have, we're seeking validation from someone else. Yes. That's why these people are manipulated by the government because they're being put on the incentive pedestal because they are seeking approval from somebody else. Just like we wanted, we, we tried getting, we got good grades because we wanted honor roll and to be listed in the school newspaper and stuff. These people are joining these crowds and, um, and becoming shock troops because they do not respect themselves. And the reason why they don't respect themselves is because they're too confused they're keeping them confused with that's where the whole fear, the pulling your attention in every direction. Um, you have to seek yourself to have respect for yourself because you have to know who you are to have respect for yourself. Well, Miss Gypsy, we're out of time. Uh, All right. <laughs> I am sorry I got off off the rails a little bit, but you you tickled my brain in so many ways that you had me going in like ten directions, um, thinking about all these things and how it's interrelated because it really is, you know. It I is. think uh, uh, look, look, before we go, um, I want to touch on this last question I had for you. Um, so, for parents out there, young people that might hear this, uh, what's your advice to help? end this division when it comes to raising their children? Like, um, I know you don't want to tell people how to raise their child, but like, what can we avoid as far as 
getting them to fall into that hive mind to be weaponized either way, whichever side you're on, you know, what do you think? Love them. Let them know you love them. Encourage their individuality, encourage their strengths, help them build up the one, the, the things that their weaknesses, help them build them up. They, these people would not be as weak-minded and seeking approval if they would have felt like they had that kind of support. That's, that's first and foremost. Um, second would be, it is great to teach your child your culture, but just be touchy about how you broach it because you want to teach the culture in a way where they're not going to take it in a divisive or hateful manner. Okay, it's okay to teach your child about slavery, but it's not okay to, to teach your child that that sort of mindset still happens all the time today. Yes, there are people who are racist, but that's not the majority, okay? So it's, it's like, wait until your child starts realizing differences in culture first, okay? Don't force it on them. Because for a while, kids don't even notice they're different. They just see other kids. And then when they start asking questions, you, te you teach them your culture, but you teach them in a tactful, mindful, loving way. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, uh, any final thoughts before we get up out of here? Um, no, no. Just thank you for having me, Jason. And I really hope everybody enjoyed the show. And I, I um, thank everybody for showing up. Well, this has been and please share, please share this because people really need to see this. People need to yes. understand these psychological operations that are happening. Tom, Tom says he wants to see you on again. Maybe you can come on Nights of the Storm next time, and we can talk about stuff. So okay. Yeah, Gypsy's a really awesome person. We we talked offline, uh, I don't know, last week or something, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we had a good long conversation. Great, great person. Fascinating conversation. You brought up so many topics that I didn't even consider. And uh, sorry if I got us off track a little bit, but it's been great having you on. Thank you, Jason. All right. Well, oh my gosh, I don't even have my outro ready. Let me see if I got it. Here we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for tonight. Remember to hold your ground, watch the enemy, improve the foxhole, and always look out for one another. Until next time. You've been watching The Foxhole with Jason Barker.